Welcome to Who's Your Ag Today and the morning podcast on Friday, the 16th of December, 2022. I'm Andy Eubank. We are all back from the Indiana Farm Expo, just completed in Grand Park, Westville, Indiana. And you'll hear from a couple of Indiana businesses who were present during the expo this week. The podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller checking in with the news shortly. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has our very cold Indiana weather. And a look at yesterday's markets with analysis from Tom Fritz from Chicago. This is the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. And it's always like clean oil because most of my stuff leaks. (laughs) To agriculture. We go from the cute and cuddly phase to the not so cute and cuddly phase. You can cuddle with them at 290 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably against your will, I'm guessing. And, well, other things. He calls them all variable costs. That's bull. (laughs) They're not variable costs. (laughs) I think you meant to say that's fertilizer. Right, staying on topic. Listen now on all platforms. Drones doing more and more on the farm, and one Indiana company that's been servicing Hoosier farmers for a long time. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Drones have been around for a while now on many farms. Mostly, you know, helping them scout, take some fun pictures and videos and things like that. That's Randy Oberly with FlyingAg.com. He says drones still do those things, but can now do so much more. At the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo this week, Oberly had the new DJI T40 sprayer drone on display. The size of the drone, with its 18-inch long blades, provided a wow factor for attendees. You know, we can get better penetration with fungicides, and that's probably the biggest application is, is fungicide, namely on corn, especially with tar spot, you know, the last couple years and whatnot and understanding that if it's wet we can't get a peggy or a high boy through the field you know now it's something has to be done from aerial with fungicide applications becoming more commonplace for growers aerial applicators have been difficult to come by in a timely manner the past couple of years that's why Oberly says growers are taking a serious look at these spray drones when corn went from four dollars to seven eight dollars well there's a lot more value out in the field that we're trying to protect and so it's yeah you know a lot of the aerial application services have got to the point where they're a week two weeks out if you weren't scheduled ahead so having the ability to go in and do it yourself you know is starting to really resonate with guys and Oberly says this drone is for all corn growers regardless of the size of your farm you know this drone for example is it's about twenty eight thousand dollars in that ballpark and you know so maybe you're a small grower that you know on a per acre basis that that's a lot of money per acre but maybe it makes sense to go in with your neighbor or a couple neighbors you know and, and put a system together to do that you can learn more at flyingag.com plevna implement company isn't just a family-owned company here in indiana that sells and services massey ferguson and fent farm equipment they've been serving hoosier farmers now for more than three quarters of a century 
C.J. Miller has more. You know, this is a business built around relationships. And that's Kent Schrock, president of Plevna Implement Company, which is based in Kokomo. It was Kent's grandfather and great uncle who first started their family business. Plevna Implement has been around for 77 years. My grandfather and his brother came back from World War II from the Aleutian Islands and uh, wanted to start a tractor dealership. They became an Oliver dealer in 1945. At the time, there was a tractor dealership every eight miles. So times have definitely changed. Kent is now the third generation to own and manage Plevna Implement Company. My grandfather was a mechanic by trade and he loved working on the machinery. My father came into the dealership in uh, 79 and really got the sales rocking and rolling and really built the dealership in Kokomo. And today we, uh, we have three locations, Kokomo, Napanee, Indiana, and our newest uh, location in Auburn, Indiana. He says he's proud their company has a long-term partnership with Massey Ferguson. You know, Massey Ferguson has millions of tractors in operation worldwide. They're the leader in the market. There's some good engineering that's going into these tractors and uh, into the products that they're building. And we're building out that full line of equipment, and we're just very proud to be representing the brand. Most of all, Kent says that Plevna Implement Company is more than a family-owned business. He says they also treat their customers like family as well. We love building that relationship with the growers. We want to know their farm. We want them to experience our service. It's not just a task that we complete. It's a feeling that we deliver in our service. And um, we want to be a part of their operation that is integral to their success. For more information, visit PlevnaImplement.com. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Who's Your Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We're settling into a cold, cold weather forecast pattern right now. As we take a look at the activity going forward, I really don't see our temperatures bouncing until probably getting close to midweek next week. So we're chilly. We're dealing right now with a cutoff upper level low that's slowly but surely meandering through the upper Midwest. It'll cross the Great Lakes this weekend. That's triggering a decent amount of cloud cover and in some cases some lake effect precipitation. Now with the mostly straight west winds, this is triggering lake effect precipitation predominantly in Michigan. But if you're in the northern tier counties of Indiana, keep an eye out. It won't take much to get a couple of flurries or a little spats of light snow going, especially overnight tonight and then through tomorrow. That seems to be the best time period here as the low moves into Michigan. We see this low finally clearing out of the Great Lakes late on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. More of the same, chilly temperatures and a mix of clouds and sunshine. However, I do believe we see temperatures try and bounce a little bit, or at least a little bit of moderation next Wednesday. That's because we have a frontal complex getting ready to come in on Thursday. Significant precipitation and behind it, a very significant drop in temperatures. So I think that's going to give us some snow. Yep, if you were hoping for and wanting a white Christmas, it's looking a little bit more likely that it could happen this time around. The cold air for the second half of next week is formidable. The moisture on Thursday is enough, I think, to give accumulating snowfalls across a good chunk of Indiana. So we'll have to wait and see the track at the low, how everything comes. It's also going to have some gusty winds with it, so be ready for that. That system gets out probably through the end of next Friday. And so for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, then the Christmas holiday weekend, don't, doesn't look too bad. We see a mix of clouds and sunshine, but still, I cannot reiterate enough, bitter cold 
Arctic air diving southward for Christmas, you're going to need to bundle up very, very snugly. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. Have a great rest of your weekend. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. A negative tone in the ag markets Thursday, but a finish mixed. This is Who's Your Ag Today in the Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. The review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, the Eastern Corn Belt's fastest-growing independent seed company. Visit SeedGeneticsDirect.com for pricing and more information. The settlement's coming up. First, market analysis. I checked in right at the end of trade with Tom Fritz, EFG Group in Chicago for that. Tom, a very strong dollar index, and that hammered the equity markets. And we had some pressure on many commodities, but a couple of those turned around, namely corn futures, wheat futures. Beans did struggle throughout the trading session. A lot of activity, though. What all did you see? Well, um, I'll start with the wheat market. Uh, it was the wildest ride uh, today. At one point, uh, wheat was up, uh, what, 16, 17 cents. An hour later, five cents lower. An hour after that, 12 cents higher. Finally finishing eight cents higher. Uh, not sure what the, uh, uh, the uh, mid-morning break was all about, uh, especially since the market came marching back. Uh, wheat had some pretty good export sales. Uh, based on expectations, which, uh, you know, is a bit of a surprise considering, you know, the MO is uh, the U.S. comes up short on wheat exports. But uh, we had a good number based on expectations. Uh, there's a fair amount of global business happening. Uh, also, uh, there's some fears of winter kill uh, over the next uh, number of days down in the uh, southern plains. Uh, we know the uh, uh, hard red winter wheat uh, crop uh, went into dormancy, or hopefully it's in dormancy, under relatively poor conditions. And uh, so now, uh, you know, the potential for winter kill, uh, I think, uh, you know, brought some people uh, back into the wheat market. What the uh, mid-morning break was all about, I have no idea. If I didn't know better, Andy, it was somebody who blew their cookies and the market came marching right back. Uh, that's a good technical performance for the wheat market. And it was able to shrug off the uh, sharply higher dollar. So uh, corn kind of followed suit. Uh, started out the day uh, three cents higher. Next thing you know, it's three cents lower. But, uh, you know, comes back to finish three cents higher. I think the corn trade uh, was mostly dominated by the uh, gyrations in the wheat market. But uh, the corn market did see some, uh, you know, good export sales based on uh, what the trade was looking for. So, you know, in that regard, uh, couple that with the uh, fears from Argentina with uh, their ongoing hot and dry scenario, uh, you know, tends to keep the corn market relatively firm. Uh, soybeans, however, you know, if, if you read the, uh, the commentary on the news wires, they're going to say beans, you know, oh, the global economy, we're not sure about it. Global economy, my eye, it's all about China. Uh, you know, the ever since uh, uh, Beijing uh, relaxed their uh, protocols on uh, battling the uh, COVID virus, 
uh, it seems like the virus is now running rampant through China. So I think that's the big thing that, uh, you know, weighs on the bean market today. And initially, the soybean market started modestly firm. We had outstanding weekly export sales. The trade was looking for 2 million tons. We got 2.9 million tons. But, uh, you know, the soybean market just couldn't hold it together. Not that the losses were that dramatic. Uh, Soybean meal couldn't hold on to its early strength. So, you know, that weighed on the bean market. But soybean oil at one time was 120 lower, finishes about 20 higher. So, you know, that helped stabilize the soybean market. So, But going forward, you know, the soybean market, there's a lot of push-pull going on. Uh, You know, what's happening in China? Uh, we've got good export sales, at least uh, for the time being. They should last uh, through most of January. Then the new crop from Brazil comes on. Uh, most of Brazil, I say most of Brazil, looks in uh, pretty decent shape. Southern Brazil struggles. Um, but uh, then again, you have Argentina, uh, which uh, you know I think longer term could be a bit supportive. Uh, they're having problems with the hot and dry. It's really, uh, you know, delayed planting, uh, not only in beans, but corn as well. So uh, long story short, you know, I don't think there's much downside for the soybean market right now. But uh, then again, uh, you know, what about China? You know, that's, uh, you know, they're the ones who make our upside. And so there's a lot of concern in that regard. But like I said, weekly export sales were nothing short of excellent. So, uh, you know, call it uh, the holiday trade where, you know, looks good one day, the next day not so good, and, you know, the uh, back and forth continues. So, but, uh, you know, like I said, because of uh, what's happening in Argentina and the good weekly uh, export sales pace, you know, I don't think there's much downside in beans. It's just, okay, where's that rally above $15 for uh, nearby beans? And so that becomes a uh, target if you will, uh, for the near term. Tom Fritz there at EFG Group in Chicago and the closing markets from Thursday trade. March corn, three cent bump, 653 and a half, and May almost three cents up at the close, 653 and three quarters. In beans, off the lows, but still over a nickel lower. January 1473 and a half down, eight and three quarters. March 1476 and three quarters, eight and a quarter down. And the wheat market popped nicely after the middle of trade, a finish eight cents higher, 757 and a quarter for the March contract. The meats were down all day and ended February live cattle, 85 cents lower, 154.85. February lean hogs, 81.65 off a dollar 75. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday market review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, timely, relevant, credible.